Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Hollywood Speaks podcast, a podcast where you guessed it, Hollywood Speaks. On today's episode, I'm chatting with Ashley Daly. She is the CEO and founder of Break Room 17, the groundbreaking music management company that offers holistic care and management for its artists. This is more than just a music management company. They incorporate therapy, finances, financial literacy, style, and so much more. You'll hear all about it in our episode, but we chat about how Ashley started Break Room, how she actually went from being almost a pro tennis player to a music manager and CEO, and the journey that she's been on, how she encourages her artists when they want to give up, so much more. Let's just dive into the episode with Ashley. Welcome to the Hollywood Speaks podcast, Ashley. So happy you're here. I'm happy to be here. (laughs) Also, welcome to Taz, Ashley's dog. I brought my dog. So it's a Thursday. Mm -hmm. And the day in the life of Ashley daily, Mm -hmm. what is a Thursday? Is it different every week? Is it the same? Mm. What is your Thursday? I actually get this question all the time. Really? Yeah. And I've done a couple Instagram reels answering it because it's really fun to like show people what I do in a day. Yeah. Because it is always different. Mm -hmm. It changes every single day. So for someone like me who enjoys that breaking up of consistency and breaking up of monotony, like it's great. <laughs> yeah. For someone who really likes consistency and structure, um, it's not as fun. Not ideal. <laughs> not ideal because it is so different. But um, I'd say day in the life really depends on a few different factors. I'd say like three or four. Um, is there a live show happening that day? Is there a music video or content shoot happening that day? Are there meetings that day or is it an independent work day? Mm. Um, I'd say most of the time, those are like the four parameters that decide what kind of day I'm having. If I have a content shoot or a music video shoot or a concert or a show or travel, that always makes my day even crazier because you factor in all these different live performance factors that could go wrong and then it blows up your day if it goes wrong and you have to work around it. If it's a meetings day, that's a lot easier because I'm running from meeting to meeting or from coffee to lunch to Zoom meeting and Mm -hmm. then back to the office. So that's a little bit easier. And then if it's an independent work day, I just basically block out hours of time to answer emails or respond to phone calls or source new partnerships or new artists as well. Um, Mm -hmm. So that's kind of what it looks like. But depending on – one of those factors, that's what the day will look like. Nice. Yeah. I definitely relate to that because being a dance teacher and having like odds and ends jobs, the different every day is nice. Yeah. And sometimes it can be a little tiring because you're like, oh my gosh, it's always changing. Mm-hmm. But I couldn't imagine like doing the same exact thing every single day. But my friends like who do corporate jobs, I've told them that before and they're like, I could never do what you do where your job is always different. And I'm yeah. like, I also would not want to do what you do. So it's great that we're all just so unique. Today's Thursday, typical Thursday. Um, I woke up – today actually was not typical. I woke up a little late 
I missed a meeting on accident. I know. I slept through an alarm. I feel like executives don't talk about that. That's something Mm. that actually happens to a lot of my friends. To everyone. It happens to the best of us. They don't talk about it. But yeah, I slept through an alarm because I was up late at a friend's birthday. And got home late, set my alarm. You know, I'm an eight hours girl. I love eight hours, but sometimes it doesn't happen. Mm -hmm. And this time my body was like, it has to happen. (laughs) There's no arguing. (laughs) You don't get to to go to that meeting at nine. Yeah. So I missed that. Um, And I'm super grateful to the man that I have a meeting with because we rescheduled and super, super easy. Um, But yeah, like that was a great start to my day. And then um, I continued on (laughs) um, and had another meeting that I did make it to, which was great. Amazing. Um, Always love that. Um, We love it. We love it. And then um, I had a little bit of independent work time where I answered some emails, um, edited a real for the Abbott Kinney Festival that we're playing, Break Room 17 and Moda is playing on Sunday. Posted that. Um, yeah, and then had a couple inquiries and then hopped over here. So cool. Yeah, Busy it was last, like five hours. Wow. It's good. It's so good. I love that. Okay, so whenever you say you have meetings, mm-hmm. as an artist manager, what do your meetings usually look like? Is that like you're meeting with an artist? Are you meeting with like a potential client or a partner? What does that usually look like? Those are all really good guesses. Those are what I do. Yes. Um, <laughs> yes. Uh, on Mondays, I have every manager is different too. I like to connect with my artists on Monday. Like Mm. we do Monday meetings. I connect with each of them for at least an hour and we go over tasks for the week, things that we left from the last week. We check on EP progress. Um, We go over new partnerships. We go over opportunities to increase revenue. Um, Yeah. And we break all of those things down into weekly to-dos. And then from there, after usually that Monday starts at nine, ends at seven, Um, And then from there on Tuesdays, I have normally either finance meetings with my artists or their business managers um, to keep their budgets on track and to make sure they're spending money wisely, um, which they all are. My artists are so good at that. Um, I'm super lucky. Uh, And then Tuesdays are also normally to-dos because those Monday meetings usually rack up a bunch of to-dos for me. And by 7 or 8 p.m., I'm not in it to do any more (laughs) to-dos. So I do a lot of those tasks on Tuesdays. Wednesdays are kind of like shoot days. We usually do show prep if there's a show on Wednesday or Thursday or the weekend. Um, And then social media meetings also happen on Wednesdays and Thursdays. Um, in between those shoots or rehearsals. Um, And then Thursdays and Fridays have become kind of my partnership days. Like I'll go sourcing new partnerships, new alignments, um, keeping up with my partners. I have partner calls usually on Fridays, the same way that I have artist calls on Mondays. Um, Yeah. And that's the week. And then you just splice a couple live shows in there, some meetings, some drinks. Um, Yeah. And, And you've got the typical... Ashley's schedule. Week in the life of Ashley. There you go. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. you and, seem... and you got to walk Taz. Oh, yeah. You got to walk forget Taz. The main, yeah. the main character. He's, yes. He's the main character. Yeah. <laughs> you got to walk him. He gets runs as well. Nice. So, yeah. I got to find time for that too. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Sprinkle <laughs> that in. <laughs> That's amazing. Well, you sound very organized. Hmm. I also love a time blocking situation mm-hmm. as well or like mm-hmm. – separating my days into different tasks. So I love that you do that as well. 
to kind of shift subjects a little bit, obviously you manage artists in the music industry. So were you someone that was always very interested in music or did you have other interests prior? Yeah, we didn't even talk about this at the beginning. You have to give me a cool intro. Um, I'll give you the coolest intro. Okay, okay, I can't wait. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I manage artists. I run a record label, Break Room 17, and um, it's, you know, always a – the day-to-day grind is between CEO and artist manager activities. Um, I'd say I've always been a music lover for sure. No one in my family is in the music industry though, or was at the time when I went in – and started working in music. Um, I will say though, my cousins, my aunt, my uncle, my dad, my mom, my sister, brother, everyone is very musically inclined and talented. They all got their degrees in music, um, were in choir, started bands. As a child, we started a band, my sister and brother and I, um, and wrote uh, songs together, and I taught my brother how to produce on GarageBand when he was a kid. Love. And now he's a prolific producer, songwriter, and artist. Um, and my sister's super creative as well. So I'd say it runs in the family gene pool for mm-hmm. sure. But I actually grew up playing sports. I was a semi-pro tennis player, and that made me into the woman I am today and the executive I am in today. Um, because I learned how to persevere and grind things out in order to see a certain outcome. So that definitely helps me. Um, Yeah, but music lover for sure. Never really um, thought I would be in the music industry. Like that didn't even cross my mind um, until I was 19. And then I quickly like shoot it away because I didn't like the music industry (laughs) Um, for understandable reasons. Um, And Yeah, and then I felt like God called me back into it a year later, and um, I answered that call and went headfirst into running record labels and managing artists and working in music. It's amazing. So (laughs) you were like, all right, I guess round two, we're going to go for it. Round two, yeah, no. I mean, I I left music because I, in the first place, um, I didn't really love the culture Mm -hmm. of the music industry. And I wasn't vibing with the people and the character of the people that I was working with, but I did like music and I liked being creative and I liked helping artists. So the second time that I considered going back in, it was going to be under my terms and it was going to be based on what I felt like God wanted to do in the music industry Mm -hmm. instead of based on other people's terms and the status quo of the Mm -hmm. industry. Uh, And at that time, too, I was studying entrepreneurship at USC. I was getting my degree in business. My brain was very much on on point when it was trying to figure out what I was going to do to start a business. So what solutions, you know, needed to come up in the music industry? um, That was that was definitely a focus of mine my senior year. So, yeah, I'd say that was what it was born out of. Just curiosity for other artists, how to support them and lead them to success um, yeah. And then break from 17 was born out of that. It's amazing. Yeah. So when you say you had a desire to do this your way, how would you describe doing it your way? Well, break room 17 has three core values, courage, community, and creativity. The courage aspect is very much part of a career in music. You have to be very courageous to want to go into entertainment period 
like you, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, it is so impossibly difficult. Everything is stacked against you. Um, you know, the odds are not in your favor and it's also just tough. Like it is a grind and you have to really love it. They say in music, if you can see yourself doing anything else, do that. <laughs> don't go into music. Um, but don't if you, put yourself through it if yeah, you don't have to. Exactly. But if you can't see yourself doing anything else, then go for it and give it your all. Mm -hmm. um, so that's the courage part. The creativity part, that's pretty self-explanatory. You got to be a creative to work in a creative industry. And a lot of people don't think they're creative. I would beg to differ. Like all my artists have become excellent editors. They've become great like style icons. They've become stylish people. They've become um, just like executives and mm -hmm. it takes a lot of creativity to be an executive even. Um, yeah, so creativity and community, that was a big one for me. Maybe the biggest one, um, honestly, out of the three. I felt like the music industry lacked community and mm. lacked um just like healthy relationships entertainment in general is not like the best place to find healthy relationships i'd say um from a work standpoint so that was a huge a huge part of break room 17 and why we wanted to start what we started which is this artist incubator um that's centered around community and developing healthy relationships between mm. other artists songwriters producers record labels etc so beautiful. I'm obsessed with all of those values. What ways do you help facilitate the growth of those values in your artists? We just come alongside them. Everyone starts at a different place on that journey, um, just like people do. Um, mm -hmm. I think some artists start at a place where they are super courageous. They're totally willing to take that step and that leap of faith, but maybe their creativity in editing videos is lacking, you know? Um, so we put them with editing teams so that the editing team can teach them all their tricks. And cool. the artist becomes, if they don't want to be the editor, they at least become knowledgeable mm -hmm. of how to edit. Um, or production, that's another good one. Like maybe an artist doesn't want to be a producer. We still help them learn to produce because mm -hmm. it's important to speak that lingo. Yeah, I'd say everyone comes in at different different stages of their career and different personal development stories as well. Like everyone has a different path when they get to break room 17 and, and they're at different places from a character standpoint. And then we just come alongside them and, and do life with them and push them forward. That's incredible. So for you to obviously kind of be spearheading your artists, how did you gain all this knowledge in these different areas of like production and editing? Did you feel like that was more so from, you know, like you were saying growing up, you were learning garage band and stuff or was it from college or is it you taught yourself or your experiences working or interning? Where did you kind of gather that information for yourself? You know, you can go get a degree in like music business at USC. That's actually one of the, the things that they teach. I tried to get that minor and I didn't have time in my course load, so I ended up not doing it. But I feel like the last few years of simply going out and doing it uh, have become almost like a master's degree mm -hmm. in music business. So I'd say you can learn. There's like different avenues for everyone. Some people learn really well in college and then can apply those things to the music industry. And then for me, I just picked up more information on the business side. 
on the entrepreneurship side. I also was really interested in venture capital and investing when I was in college, um, specifically what that looks like and how to model record label after a venture capital firm. So that was where my expertise was coming from, from an education standpoint. And then I think everything that Breakroom 17 stands for, everything that we do has been learned through trial and error. Like three and a half years of just consistently reiterating and growing a better business with um, the best people in the industry. That's that's kind of how it is. And I think that is, that's the best, in my opinion, that's the best way to learn is just trial and error and giving something a go and then being like, okay, that works and that didn't work. Like what we were talking about with the podcasting yeah. earlier, you guys didn't hear this, but um, Sarah was telling me that she recorded a podcast um, and recorded the entire thing and then it it didn't save. And mm-hmm. so now she does a little test before she starts recording so that she knows the microphone's working. It's kind of like that. Like yeah. you, you have an experience where you learn the hard way per se because you're trying something mm-hmm. new and different. And a lot of people when they fail, like that podcast getting deleted mm-hmm. and not saving, yeah. they'll quit. They'll be like, okay, this isn't for me. But you were like, okay, let me reiterate. I'll start testing before I film and let me try again. Mm-hmm. And now that's a great practice to have and it'll make you more successful. So it's kind of like that. Mm-hmm. Tracking mileage for work can be so tedious and frustrating. And that was my life for many years. Until this past tax season, I was like, there has to be an easier way. So I did a quick little Google search and I found this app called Driver's Note. And let me tell you, it has been a game changer. If you don't have it, definitely get it because it has made my life so much easier. It tracks your trips automatically and you can categorize it as personal or business and you can even add notes and tag locations and Identify them as your house, work, gym, whatever you want to do. And I know this upcoming tax season is already going to be so much easier. So if you want to try it for yourself, you can use the link in the show notes. I feel like you were just saying it's tough, like that you come up against a lot of rejection, a lot of unexpected issues like the podcast failing like the podcast and it can be really defeating Mm -hmm. so in those times that often occur how do you encourage your artists like if an artist comes to you and is like I'm gonna throw in the towel I'm done what do you say to them Mm. um yeah that's That's a tough one. That one's a personal one because I have had those conversations with every artist I've ever managed. (laughs) And it's always really hard because it's Mm -hmm. like, yeah, not only are you encouraging as an entrepreneur, you're encouraging yourself. Like as an artist manager, you're like, okay, get up, grind through the day, do everything you need to do. And the way that Breakroom 17 runs is we partner with our artists. We're like business partners to them. Um, so ideally you want that person to be like, Hey, like I'm right here with you till the end, you know? Um, but it's not always like that. There are days where the artist feels like 
because of the way the music industry is set up and because of how hard and treacherous it is to pursue a career in music, they wake up and they're like, I can't do this anymore. I can't do it. And I get those texts a lot. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So any artists that are listening to this podcast, you're not alone in feeling that way. Everyone feels that way. Um, But it's more about what actions you take after you have those feelings. So it's just like anything, you're, you're going to want to give up when things get hard pretty much on any adventure you embark on. Um, And it's not about having the feeling. You don't need to judge yourself for feeling that way or, you know, condemn yourself for being, you know, weak in that moment. It's okay. It's more about taking a breather, reorienting, and then trying again the next day. Mm -hmm. So what I do when an artist texts me or calls me or we're grabbing coffee and they're like, I can't do this, is I'm like, okay, like, Let's take the rest of the day off. Let's go watch a movie. Let's go. I gave my artist access to my Disney Plus account. I was like, why don't you go watch a lot therapy? <laughs> Love it. Yeah. Um, we ha- we call it, we have this thing called artist wellness coaching. Mm-hmm. And they have access to a therapist who is music industry trained wow. 24-7, 365. Um, so I'll tell them to schedule time with their artist wellness coach to talk through whatever it is that's really bothering them. Mm. Um, or our AWC Disney Plus account. <laughs> like, well, we like just go chill like on a couch and eat some tacos or something. Um, or we'll go out and dance or we'll get drinks or we'll go to a live show and just remind ourselves why we're doing what we're doing and how fun it is mm. to be creative and how lucky we are to get to pursue what we love. Um, and then that usually does the trick. And it it usually reorients and gives a fresh perspective um, to me and to my artists. Because at the end of the day, this is a very difficult path that we're walking. And it's hard to be an entrepreneur in general, but it's also supposed to be fun. It's also supposed to be a part of our purpose. It's supposed to be God-given desires that are coming to pass. um, And that can be fun. It's very hard, but it can be really rewarding and really Mm -hmm. fun. So we just try to get back to why did we start in the first place How do we take a breather? How do we press pause and reorient um, so that we have a better perspective of what we're doing? And if they still feel that way after, you know, taking a second and taking a break, I'll tell them to take some time off Mm -hmm. and just like go on a trip or, or, or staycation or, you know, like just chill or write um, and get back again to those roots of why they started. Um, And that, that normally helps. If it doesn't help, then again, like, Sometimes a career in the music industry is the wrong career and it's okay to choose that and decide later on after you've given it a shot, hey, this isn't for me. Like that's also okay. There's no shame in that. Um, it's it's not for everyone and it's okay to give it a shot and not feel like it's the right thing for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's also true for entrepreneurs in general. Like it's okay to try something and fail and then be like, okay, that's all right. Like, like me with tennis, I gave that a shot. I played semi-pro. Um, I played at USC and it was amazing. It was fun. And I played for 17 years, but it didn't work out long term. But I now use my perseverance and my grit that I learned as a pro athlete every single day as an executive. Mm -hmm. So there's literally no shame um, or condemnation or self-hatred. No amount of that can, you know, make me regret going and pursuing tennis because Mm -hmm. I use it every single day. Um, and that's, that's how I learned to dig deep within myself to keep going. So every experience like pushes you forward. Wow. That's so good. Nothing is wasted. No, there's always, when there's pain, 
there's always purpose behind it. Mm, so good. Also, can we just rewind to the fact that you have a wellness coach? That's oh. <laughs> incredible. How did you find a therapist that was informed with like the artist's life? How did you find someone like that? Yeah, no, that's a that's a fun story. Um, so Break Room 17 started in 2020. And one of the things that um, an artist friend of mine that I interviewed at the time and was trying to, you know, come up with a better model for a record label told me was that he needed a therapist. He needed someone to talk to regularly and that would help him be a better artist. And I was like, yeah, that makes tons of sense. In sports, we have sports psychologists. So it was pretty easy to identify that that was something that, you know, in order to perform at peak ability, you need to take care of your mental health. Um, but then when I went looking for therapists that, you know, were tailored to the music industry, there's no one. <laughs> it's like, wait, as athletes, we have sports psychologists. Why in music do we not mm. have like a credentialed psychologist behind like trying to pursue a career in entertainment? I don't right. understand. Um, there's life coaches, but like there aren't any credentialed therapists that have mm. degrees and are pursuing this path like a sports psychologist. And, um, I, shared that one day with Michael Doran, Maddie, Maddie Jane's dad. She's one of my artists, my first client ever. We still work together. I love her. She's killing it. Love Maddie. We love you. We love you. Maddie, we love you. Um, yeah, Maddie is an OG day one. Um, and she's one of my best friends, but I was talking to her dad, Michael Doran about, um, you know, this, this concept. And I was like, you know, do you, he's a psychologist. And I was like, do you know anyone who would be, good to talk to about this. Um, and he was like, I want to do that. I have mm -hmm. wanted to do that since day one of my wow. daughter's music industry career. Um, you know, let's collaborate on this, on this idea. And that's when the artist wellness coaching program was born. Um, yeah. And we are bringing on new AWCs. Mm -hmm. We are expanding. We have artists outside of Breakroom 17 wow. in the program and it is completely changing the game for artists and managers and tour managers and agents. Like wow. it is so incredible and I can't speak highly enough about it. I love that so much. That's yeah. so essential. We can't forget the, our, the health of our brain and our minds. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's it affects our craft. It affects everything. Yeah. So I love that you lean into that. And I think going back to the advice that you give your artists when they're feeling down, I just love what you said. And it really encouraged me too because I do feel like on those days as entrepreneurs, as artists, when you're feeling discouraged and down and defeated, it is amazing how much of a reset it can be when you just let yourself Sabbath, you know, like you let yourself yeah. let go. And whether it's a Disney movie or it's going out with friends or talking to your therapist or going on a walk and just like resetting your mind and not putting this constant pressure on yourself. It's, yeah. It's real. I think especially living in LA where there is a lot of creative energy, which is amazing, but it can also feel like there's a lot of creative pressure. And so I think releasing yourself from that and reminding yourself that there is so much more to your life than just your craft and letting yourself feel your emotions and then moving through that is so powerful. I know that will encourage so many people who are listening, whether or not they're in the music industry or in the corporate world, I think when you feel burnt out, letting yourself like rest 
recoup and then diving back in. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's both in music. A lot of managers will take, you know, they'll take on that moment and be like, okay, like, let's get back to our why, you know, and they do that. Um, it's sometimes that's not enough. Sometimes you need an artist wellness coach. You need a therapist. You need to take an actionable step towards protecting your mental well-being mm-hmm. um, so that you can perform at your peak ability every day yeah. or consistently. Um, so it's both. It's it's realizing that, yes, there's a ton of creative pressure, especially living in a city like Los Angeles or New York or mm-hmm. London or Paris. Like, there's a lot of pressure to perform, yeah. taking a step back um, and releasing control in that moment to God mm-hmm. or just in general, an entity bigger than yourself. I think that p- practice is very powerful. And then also taking an actionable step towards protecting your mental well being. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the part that I think the music industry and entertainment in general doesn't do very often. And it's not a proactive approach to mental health or well-being. It's very much reactive. Mm -hmm. So I'd say both. You got to be proactive in protecting your mental well-being and then also have grace for yourself when you're not measuring up to your standard. That's good. It's really good. I think if you watch, you know, like the documentaries around musicians or artists, it seems like at the moment when it all – quote unquote, comes crashing down is usually as a result of the person's mental health not being proactively or reactively taken care of. Yeah. How many more artists do we have to watch cancel their tours Mm -hmm. because they're not taking care of themselves or because their management teams are pushing them to perform every night and Mm -hmm. get on that next flight and do it again. That is not a human Mm -hmm. thing. Like it's not human for someone to get up on a stage, perform in front of thousands of people, get all this worship and acclaim from individuals just like themselves and then go home to a hotel room alone and then do it again and again and again and again. It's not normal. Mm -hmm. And I think that recognizing, again, that a career in entertainment is not normal and because it's not normal, you have to protect yourself even more Mm -hmm. uh, is really important. And sports teams do this. They this is not a crazy concept. Mm-hmm. It's not groundbreaking theory. This is a very normal thing when it comes to um, athletes and their regimens to protect their ability to perform every day. And I think that it's only a matter of time until the music industry and entertainment at large really starts to take that on. And we're trying to be part of, again, a proactive approach to that. Yes. Oh, yeah. I love it. I'm excited to see what becomes of that because you're already creating such waves of change in your artists and therefore the industry by making a groundbreaking thought of like hey let's care for the whole artist not just the craft yeah people's product is difficult yeah yeah especially in entertainment it's really hard so you have to remember like people as product are people first people and like it's not like just because you're you know a musician or an actor like all of a sudden you like up level your humanity is Mm -mm. like not there anymore like Mm -hmm. you're still just a human yeah you have not become a superhuman yeah you're still human and so remembering that we're literally all the same amount of human so it's like having grace for artists that we love when they have to cancel like a leg of a tour. But yeah, Yeah. I think that's a great reminder of the humanity of us all and how important it is. Cause yeah, I think about athletes and they have personal trainers and they get physical therapy because 
they need to. And just as well, artists need that care and attention too, you know, whether it be therapists or their craft or their friends. So, yeah. Yeah. I, love that. I completely agree. And entrepreneurs too. Mm-hmm. It, this goes for entrepreneurs as well. We've been talking a lot about entrepreneurs and executives on this episode. I think it goes for us as well because everything in an entrepreneur or an executive's brain is like, okay, how do I get the most perfect result out of X, Y, and Z? Mm -hmm. And you're constantly trying to get a perfect result. You have to sometimes be like, okay, I am a human. I'm not going to get a perfect result every time. And I don't have complete control Mm -hmm. over my day. You mentioned Sabbath um, earlier, like five minutes ago. I think that Sabbath is something that LA hates and does not <laughs> does not um, celebrate. And I think Sabbath should be celebrated. This idea that um, literally, you know, we're both Christians, this idea that the God of the universe created the world and everything in it and then took a day to rest. And then we, like we, as Christians, we believe that. And then, but the idea, even for those of you not, not believers that are listening, um, the idea that you would go through a seven-day week and not rest when literally God himself, like the most powerful being and entity ever, rested and took a day to rest. Like I consistently remind myself of that during my work week. I'm like, oh, that's right. Like I haven't, I haven't, I've been playing God. I've been trying to be like God and I can't, I just can't, I don't measure up. And that's a very healthy realization throughout the week because it takes control out of my hands and it puts it in God's hands. Mm -hmm. And that's where the magic happens. Like anytime I surrender my abilities or my will or my power, quote unquote, to God, and I'm like, hey, can you fill this? Because I don't have the capacity. That's when miracles take place. Like he's so good to make sure that that happens when I'm willing to like let my ego down and be like, ah, I can't do this. And he's like, but I can. Watch (laughs) me do it. Yeah, exactly. So that's also something I'm learning actively. It's tough. Like that surrender. Yeah, it's a control thing. It's such a control thing. I feel like I read this in my Bible a while ago and I always see it and it like reminds me. But the fact that like resisting surrender of Sabbath is like disobedience Mm. because you're trying to, like you said, play God. Yeah. And in doing so, you're like, I don't trust you enough, God, to like give you literally 24 mm. hours. He's yeah. like, but I literally created the whole universe and I rested, you know? Yeah, it's a trust thing. Yeah. It's I don't trust you to get this done, mm-hmm. so I have to do it. Mm-hmm. And artists do it too. Like the artists that don't take rest days while they're on tour um, because they don't want to or their team doesn't want them to, like they're trying to uh, quote unquote play God and mm-hmm. it's not going to work out. Like mm-hmm. anytime an artist gets up there in front of thousands of people and is, again, I'm going to use that word worshipped, they end up with mental health issues because we're not meant to play God. And as executives, we're not meant to play God. Like we really have to lean into our humanness and let that be our strength. Mm. We were talking about this before the podcast even started recording, before we were recording and messing around. But um, Sarah was saying, you know, like, oh, like with my – oh, actually it was while we were recording. You were talking about your ADHD. Yeah, Yes, okay. And that is a superpower. It's the same thing, like leaning into your – like into your faults and your flaws as a human and things that you're like, oh, I'm not perfect in this mm-hmm. way. Again, that's just where God can show up even more. Yeah. I love that. And I think for anyone listening, if you're struggling, whether it's burnout, fatigue, 
discouragement in your career, I think a great first step is literally just taking a day to Sabbath, to rest, to surrender Mm -hmm. all of your efforts Mm -hmm. and watch as that makes a huge shift in your energy levels, in your mind racing at night. Like literally it's connected to so many things. And even like the growth of your own craft. I think it's a beautiful thing to be able to let go. And there's so much – yeah, the benefit that comes from that. Yeah, there's this old saying that's like, if you're on an airplane and the airplane is going down, do you, like the flight attendant says to put your mask on yourself first mm-hmm. so you can breathe and then you can put the mask on like a child or an elderly person or someone that maybe can't do it themselves in that moment. Like why do we, why do we attempt to put masks on everyone else so they can breathe and then forget to do it for ourselves? Mm-hmm. Like you're never going to be able to help all those people around you if you're not getting oxygen flow, right? That's why they tell you to do it that way. It's not selfish to put the mask on first and then help other people Mm -hmm. put it on themselves. So every day, like for me, being able to get that oxygen flow in this plain example is journaling. It's spending Mm -hmm. time with Jesus. It's taking my dog for a walk and listening to some worship music and just like centering myself before the day really gets started. Because I need that oxygen flow throughout the day in order to put oxygen masks on everyone else, you know? So good. Before we kind of near the end of the episode, I wanted to ask a little bit about Break Room 17. You have some exciting (laughs) updates, partnerships. Tell us about what's going on. Yeah. Okay. So we talked a little bit about the Artist Wellness Coaching Program. That is something we just went public with um, in the last week. I'm super stoked on it. We've been working on it for two years uh, internally and then recently started um, letting other artists into the program outside of Breakroom 17. Mm-hmm. And now we're working on expanding it to other management companies mm-hmm. and other record labels and just continuing to perpetuate this idea that proactive representation for the artist is important Mm -hmm. in the mental health space. Um, So that just launched, super excited about it. We're doing a little uh, break room, which is our live music series um, on the west side on Abikini Boulevard in October with the Recording Academy and Music Cares, which is their nonprofit branch. So cool. Uh, Yeah, we're doing one with them, which is so cool because like never in my wildest dreams was like, oh, I'll do an event with the Grammys. Like no big deal. Never would I have thought that. But here we are. Um, Congrats to you. (laughs) Thank you. It's my team. It's my team. It's my artists. Like we're all, you know, hustling to make it happen. Um, And obviously God um, would not be anywhere without God. (laughs) But yeah, we're doing that, which is super exciting. So that's a new partnership coming up. Um, and then we have a couple others that we just announced. We just started working with a studio on Abikini uh, in Venice called Moda. They're incredible. Um, they are booking clients right now and artists, which is awesome. Um, you should check them out. If you're an artist listening, really good space to just get creative, very safe as well. Um, so we just went into business with them. Very excited about that. And then we have a few announcements coming out at the end of the month for partnerships, um, with a couple other companies I'm very excited about. Um, I don't know. Am I allowed to share? I think this comes out after. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah. Okay, so we have a partnership coming out with Symphony. Um, That's another really great company. Um, They're through Integral Studios. 
um, which is their parent company. And Integral has worked with every major record label, you know, on the planet. Um, so very excited about that because it helps our artists get marketing exposure, um, digital media exposure, um, makes marketing automated for us as well, which is really exciting. Um, yeah. And then I'd say there's a couple others, but they're like a little smaller and I can't say anything. Um, well, the just big let ones. the suspense I know. grow. Next February, <laughs> next February, we'll be announcing some big ones, but Yay. that I'm not allowed to say. <laughs> well, those are so exciting. Oh my gosh. Congrats on all the things. And I'm so excited to see all these partnerships come to fruition. And I also second that Moda is – did you say Moda or Moda? Moda. Moda. It is an incredible space. I – when I went there for the first time, I was like, this feels like a creative haven. It is. It feels like you can go and be so creative, but also it's so safe at the same time. It's like a creative hug. Yes, ex- that is a great way to describe it. Honestly, they should use that in their branding. <laughs> you can it use is, it. <laughs> yeah, it's a it is a creative hug, and that's ultimately like we had a meeting with them like a month ago, two months ago, and it was the, it was the fastest partnership that has ever been drawn up at Breakroom Seventeen, or just in general among my friends who are entrepreneurs. Within one week of having that first introductory call where we were discussing how to partner, if to partner. We were partnered. We had a contract. Incredible. <laughs> One week because it is a creative hug and that's exactly what I want Breakroom 17 to be. Mm-hmm. And that alignment is just so hard to find. So very excited about Moda. Again, you guys should check them out. I believe their Instagram is modastudios.venice. Um, yeah, great space. Awesome people. Yeah. Incredible creative hub. I will link that in the show notes too. And I'll also link Breakroom 17 so everyone can oh, duh. <laughs> watch all of your updates as they unfold because there's yeah. so many exciting ones. Yeah, yeah. We'll be raff- raffling off uh, invites to um, our Breakrooms this year too because we've cool. got one, one a month um, coming up. So nice. Yeah, definitely come check it out. We'll be raffling them off of our Instagram. Cool. So exciting. Well, this was such a fun chat. So much wealth of information from you so thank you for coming and chatting with me of course sarah i love hollywood speaks i love that you're out here interviewing people in music and in entertainment who are doing something different trying to make the industry a better place like the more people that find out about those people the better the industry is gonna be so thank Thank you thank you that's so sweet to say yeah Thanks so much for listening, friends. I hope you loved today's episode. I had so much fun chatting with Ashley, and I feel like we got to really talk about some topics that are really close to my heart, like mental health. And I know this is just the beginning of what will be a uphill with the awareness and care for artists and entertainers when it comes to holistic care and mental health. So big, big praises for that. And until next Monday, I hope you have a great rest of your day, evening, whatever it is. And let me know who you want to see on the pod next. And please, 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 
If you haven't already, review the podcast. I love seeing the reviews. It makes me so happy. It's kind of like someone giving me a high five because a lot of work goes into the podcast and it's just me over here. So I'm editing it, producing it, hosting it, researching it, all the things. And whenever I get a five-star review, it feels like a high five. So if you want to give me a high five, I would gladly receive it. Anyway, I will see you next time.